Welcome to the Hockey History Storyteller Podcast. This is the podcast where you can learn about past players, coaches, teams, leagues, and events. The game we know and love today was created from our past. I'm your host, hockey player and fan, Andy Courtright. Episode 20, Chicago Stadium, the Madhouse on Madison. Sunday, May 12th, 1985, Chicago Stadium. Game 4 of the 1985 Campbell Conference Finals between the Edmonton Oilers and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Oilers led the series two games to one, with the Oilers decisively taking the first two games in Edmonton by scores of 11-2 and 7-3, and the Hawks winning a relatively low-scoring Game 3 by a score of 5-2. For that Game 4, I was seated center ice in the second balcony, row 7, alongside my hockey pal Brian Larson. The crowd was buzzing before the game started as the Hawks had given the hometown fans false hopes that they could beat the Oilers and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Oilers Hall of Fame roster included Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Glenn Anderson, Paul Coffey, Yari Curry, Kevin Lowe, and Grant Fuhrer. The less famous but highly exciting Blackhawk team included Dennis Savard, Steve Larmer, Tom Lysiak, Eddie Olchick, Al Secord, and Daryl Sutter. Hall of Fame defenseman Doug Wilson was out of the series having injured his hamstring in Game 2. The stadium buzz was subdued three minutes into the game when the Great One scored his eighth playoff goal. But within seven minutes, the Hawks took the lead with goals by Sutter and Olchick, and the crowd came to life. By the end of the period, the Hawks were up 5-3 and the crowd blew the roof off the building. It was by far the loudest sporting event I'd ever experienced. I attended more than 20 Blackhawk games and a handful of Bulls games in that old barn, and it was always an exciting event. The Chicago Stadium was built by Patty Harmon in 1929. Patty attempted to bring hockey to Chicago a couple years earlier, but was beat out by Frederick McLaughlin. Since he could not own a team, Patty decided to do the next best thing, build the largest hockey arena in the world. The Hawks' first home rink was the Chicago Coliseum, and they played their first home game at the new stadium on December 15, 1929. The first event was held March 28, 1929, and was the first of many boxing events staged there. Unfortunately for Patty, he did not live to see many events at his new arena. He died in 1930, and his funeral was held, appropriately I guess, at the very Chicago stadium he built. In addition to the Hawks playing there, the stadium was host to a variety of sports and entertainment events. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls won three of their six championships there. The building was a mecca for boxing. The Chicago Sting played indoor soccer in the 1980s there, and there was rodeo, wrestling, and roller derby. The Chicago Bears even played an NFL championship in the Chicago Stadium when Wrigley Field was iced over. They played on an 80-yard field, and Bronco Nagurski and the Bears defeated the Portsmouth Spartans 9-0. Many concerts were staged at the Chicago Stadium. Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, and the Who all played there. For many seasons, the Bulls and Blackhawks had long road trips while the ice capades and circus took over the building. The Chicago Stadium was a frequent host to both political conventions in the 1930s and 40s, and JFK held a strategic rally there just four days prior to the 1960 presidential election. The Chicago Stadium existed alongside Chicago's Soldier Field, Comiskey Park, and Wrigley Field. Having been to all these venues, the stadium easily was the most exciting place to watch Chicago sports. 
the country and the world got a glimpse as to just how loud and exciting that building could be on January 19, 1991, when the Blackhawks and the Chicago Stadium hosted the NHL All-Star Game. Just a few days before, the Gulf War had started. Prior to this event, the Hawk fans had a reputation for cheering during the national anthem to get the home team fired up. Given the start of the war and the raising level of patriotism, when the first few notes of the anthem were played, flags and banners were unfurled, and the crowd went crazy with noise. The anthem and game were broadcast on armed forces transmissions around the world. The loudness at the stadium was largely due to the acoustics of the building. Every internal surface of the building was either metal, cement, or wood. The sound bounced around the building like a pinball. The loudest measurement of crowd sound was 130 decibels. Adding to the excitement and sound of the building was the famous Barton organ that was built into the walls of the arena. Early on, maestro Al Melgard played the organ, even though he only had nine fingers. He would often play three blind mice when the referee made a bad call against the hometown Hawks. Later, Nancy Faust, the world's best baseball organist, played for the Hawks and Bulls as well as Frank Pellico. During the 1980s and 90s, Wayne Mesmer stood on the ice to sing the national anthem to the raucous crowd. The building was ominous to opposing teams. Not only was it loud, but it was a small building. The ice surface was only 185 feet end-to-end. The seating, especially the balconies, were close in and steeply pitched. The ceiling was low. Opposing teams had to climb a claustrophobic 21-stair stairway to get from their locker room to the ice surface. After the 1991 All-Star Game, Wayne Gretzky said, quote, This has always been my favorite road rink. Unquote. He played his first NHL game at the Chicago Stadium in October of 1979. His first face-off was against his father's favorite player, Stan Makita. In that game, the Great One recorded one assist and one penalty. Thank you for listening to the Hockey History Storyteller podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Also, please share with your hockey pals. Feel free to leave a comment or email ideas for future episodes to me at HockeyStoryTeller at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at HockeyStoryTell, Instagram HockeyStoryTeller, and Facebook, also Hockey Storyteller.